You're listening to Thinkers What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Whitney Cole, the mission maven. Now, Whitney understands firsthand that to grab your customer's attention, you have to be able to tell a compelling story. On this episode, we talk with Whitney about how she's growing it, how she's helping her healthcare clients cut through the clutter, and what happened to her when she was three days old that eventually led to her career today. Whitney, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So the mission maven... What is that about? Yeah, so what I do is I work with health tech companies to translate their missions and messages into stories and content that their perfect customer will understand. So the word maven means like someone who's kind of smart. So I guess I'm saying I'm really smart, but um, someone, <laughs> <That's who's, bold. laughs> yeah, someone who's kind of smart, but then can also translate things simply so that the mass audiences can understand it. Awesome. And then mission, where's that come from? Mission is because most of my clients are very mission driven. So what I do is I translate their missions into content that's easy for their customers to read. Now, this idea of mission, physicians, healthcare, they, people who go into that field sort of started off to kind of change the world and make a, make a real positive difference, a, a significant impact. Now, there is that story that happened to you when you were just at your birth. Tell, tell, us, tell us what was going on there. Yeah, so I was born, and <laughs> three days later... As we all were. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three days later, I, um, I, it, my doctors found that I had congenital aortic stenosis, so my body wasn't going to get the blood it needed to survive. Um, so I had open-heart surgery the very next day. Uh, I guess I was four days old when I had that surgery. And then I went on to have two more surgeries over the course of my childhood and teen years, and... I always wanted to be a doctor, but then um, science wasn't really my thing. <laughs> so I was good at writing. I was good at telling stories. So I went to college as an English major and kind of wondered why I wasn't a doctor because I just wanted to help people. But yeah. So you took that moment in your history, in your in your life journey, and turned it into something that was your kind of your strength, your 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 reason for why you wanted to go out and change the world in, in healthcare. Yeah, so it took me a while to figure that out and that I was good at writing and that I could tell stories to grow businesses. Um, but it took me a while to connect the dots that I could use my gifts to work with the health tech companies who were driving change in how we do healthcare. Um, but when I when I connected those dots and like it all started to come together and make sense, it was like, I do get to help people in the way that I wanted to growing up. I do get to help make a difference in people's health and how long they live and the kind of the quality of lives they live. So what kind of clients do you work with then? I work mostly with um, digital health, health tech companies. So not necessarily the doctors and nurses, not the mm -hmm. clinicians, but more the people who are building the technology that those doctors and nurses use. Um, and then sometimes they're building the technology that is actually direct to consumers. So it's something that a, a patient might buy to manage their health better. Okay, so products then. Yeah, more products. So like an example would be, um, I work with I work with a company that has a fertility tech app, um, so helping women manage their reproductive health. Um, I work with a digital a, uh, company that built this digital health product for doctors to give to their patients to manage their chronic diseases, that sort of thing. And you're building content around the... Mm -hmm. So what we do is we uh, we sit down, we look at their product, and then we try to figure out who their perfect customer is. So healthcare, it's really hard to figure out who your customer is because there could be a ton of people who could be your customer, but figuring out the right person to sell to. And then when you do that, you figure out the message that they need to hear um, and then you take that message and you turn it into content. So we come up with one key message, and then underneath that message, we come up with um, 
normally three, sometimes there can be more, but like three main topics that kind of support that message. Um, and so it kind of looks like an upside down tree. And underneath of each of those main topics, we have a whole bunch of subtopics that support the message. So that works really well for, um, it works really well for human-centric content because it's content that their customers want to read, but then it's also good for SEO because you're building your content around a specific topic, not just keywords. How do you find your clients? Um, I do a lot of content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do a lot of content marketing like I tell people they should do, like I tell my clients they should do. Um, so I have my own little message and content tree um, that I create content around. And a lot of them just come to me inbound. I do do some out, outbound outreach, but most of them are inbound. So what, what are the key platforms for you? Yeah. LinkedIn is huge. Um, that's my main platform. Once I started posting on LinkedIn, it took a couple months to really start gaining traction, but I landed some really nice deals from there. Um, so doing a lot of video on LinkedIn, just posting content every single day. Um, it doesn't all have to be the exact content that um, my customers, you know, like that message that I was talking about, but just posting content that's helpful to them, that they might find entertaining, that they might benefit from. But yeah, LinkedIn is huge. So a lot of video on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Now, the... You said you post every single day. I try to. I I skip weekends, so Saturday, Sunday, I probably don't post. But. Okay, you're forgiven. What <laughs> what kinds of things do you talk about every day? Yeah, so I it, it, sometimes it's hard to come up with stuff to mm-hmm. think, or that I actually want to talk about because right, you want to be inspired. Um, but I I take I look at my topics that I've been creating content around, and then I. Sometimes you can take a blog post that you wrote and you can say, oh, this could be this part could be one one video and then the second point can be another video. And so you can you can take your blog posts and repurpose them as video. Um, Sometimes I, I have my own podcast. And so sometimes I take snippets of what I talked about on the podcast and I just talk about after I've had time to like digest it and think about it on my own. I talk about what I learned from this guest that I interviewed on my podcast. Um, So really anything that is helpful to them. So, t- t- I haven't seen your videos yet. Um, That's I'm, how I found her. I mean, yeah, I found her <laughs> yeah, on LinkedIn. I saw on one of your videos. I was like, that, this is an interesting person. Would you like to come to Rockford? Yeah, so t- talk to me. What's this video look like? I do it on my iPhone. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like very, is it kind of like selfie type of yeah, thing? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, do you, do you, I'm sorry, do you hold it out or you got a little stick? I have a little stick oh, that, that I use. Okay, is there right. a, tripod, a tripod that I sometimes set That's up? That's right. The, the new, you know, you're a professional when you have the stick. Selfie yeah. stick? <laughs> right. Yeah. Is selfie. that true? I'm not certain. I don't that's know. true. I'm just asking. I think that <laughs> not, to me, if I'm you have a selfie stick, true. that means, okay, you're real. I don't know. Selfie sticks are like five bucks. So you've got so you've got the selfie stick. Do you Are you walking somewhere? Are you sitting in a chair? Are you, what's, because people create video all the time about all sorts of things. And, and it seems to me there's this trend towards everybody has to have their personal brand and you got to put your face out there and you got to talk about stuff. Okay. I've seen some people sit in their offices and talk. I've seen some people in this do like a book report, like, Hey, I've read this book and here's what I'm doing. And they're kind of sitting in their living room. And then there's this dude who's walking out, you know, through his, who through his subject and saying, Hey, I'm, it's my morning walk. Here's how I spend my time. And here's how you could spend your time too. What do you do? I, wherever I am at the moment, that's probably where I take my really? video. Yeah. <laughs> so um, most of the time it's in my office because that's where I spend a lot of my time. Yesterday I made a video to talk about I was going to be here today. Okay. Um, it was in my kitchen and my kids are in the background screaming. Yeah. Um, and I normally don't do that. I try to avoid that. <laughs> sure. But I was like, I need to take this video now and I yeah. my kids are here. So, um, so 
honestly, it's not about having a perfect video or the perfect background or the perfect time to post. It's just about doing it. And um, one guy I follow on LinkedIn said he gets asked all the time, uh, when's the perfect time to post? And his answer is always now. <laughs> um, I would say the same thing goes for shooting video. The perfect background is probably just whatever's behind you, as long as it's not a bathroom or something weird like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It depends on the bathroom. Yeah, true. <laughs> the, ba- the bathroom podcast. Oh. oh. <laughs> that, that's going to be yours, Alex? No, I'm just, I'm just thinking you're launching something. If that's not on YouTube already, I'm going to start looking to see where... <laughs> So you're creating content every day. Talking to uh, is the content. Are you are, are are you gaining your business because you're talking about how other people should be making their content, and you're doing it through demoing that, or are you talking to to your target market and giving them insights and and actionable steps that they should be doing, you know, f- to to get more clients? Yeah. So I don't often pitch myself. Um, okay. Occasionally I do because I think it is important to make the ask. Mm-hmm. But the most most of it is just giving information away, saying this worked for me. Why don't you go and try it? Or um, this is the type of content that your customers need and want to read, so go and try it. Or this is how you create the message that will resonate with your customers. Um, and I also tell a lot of people they need to start a podcast because I believe podcasts are like the new big form of inbound marketing. So hmm. I yeah, lots of tips on how to do a podcast. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Yeah, and you, Alex, you found her through through her video through, on LinkedIn. Yeah, through LinkedIn. Um, just yeah, the video popped up, and I listened to it, and and I you know I see she's based in Milwaukee and we're in Rockford. That's not a bad drive. And sent a message, and she responded right away. So, what inspired you from from the content that she created? Uh, well, okay, so we run the One Million Cups um, networking group, and it was more, I was looking, I looked for targeted people who are uh, entrepreneurs, and they're launching something new, and they're trying to build a business, and that I think, could, you know, we could get to Rockford, uh, and our our crowd could learn something from them. So I don't remember a lot about your message. I remember that you launched a business. Um, and that you're trying to grow it and you're on LinkedIn and you were talking about growing, you know, uh, messaging, growing the brand. Well, we have a lot of people who come to one million cups who who have good ideas, but they struggle with the message. And I'm like, okay, that's a person that our people could learn from. So I sent the message and she responded. And that's the other one is, is just responding and making the drive. Right. Especially when it doesn't snow. I think she was the ice storm. Yeah, you know I think it was the ice storm. Yeah. She was the ice storm. You were the ice storm. But I, I thank you for doing that because that Mr. Rogers episode of One Million Cups was inspired. So you're in the content generation space for healthcare. The It would seem that people and companies are resistant to creating content. They want to. They think they should, but they don't. What is the roadblock? What, why don't they just start creating content? So there are a couple things. Uh, one is the time commitment. It does take a lot of time. Uh, and they have, to, they have to be willing to dedicate the internal resources, whether that's the founder of the company creating the content or having someone on the team saying, this is your job now. <laughs> you have to create the content. Uh, or um, finding the right person to create content for them. Uh, and then the second thing is they don't know what types of content to create. So they don't know. Um, they've never, especially in health tech, because a lot of these companies are young and they're they're just, they're trying to build their business. And so, I mean, you know how that goes. You're, you're like, you're just putting out fires and you're just like doing stuff because it has to get done. Um, so they haven't sat down to be strategic and uh, and think about like, 
what their value is, that whole message part that we were talking about. So they haven't sat down to figure that out. I find once they figure out that message, then the content starts to flow naturally from that. But if they don't have that message, they're like, I know I'm supposed to have a blog. I know I'm supposed to like be posting stuff on social media, but I don't know what to put out there. So once I have that message, then it just it comes a whole lot more naturally. It's a, it's a little bit of generational. Possibly. Because the people who are 30 and under have grown up taking selfies, posting videos. Um, I think between 30 and 40, that was starting to come in. Over 40, and I'm going to be turning 50, I, I feel a little You're weird. 50? I'm going to be. You don't look um, like 50. <laughs> I will be. I, 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 I like I'm a ham. <laughs> But just sitting there and taking a selfie, that's it weird to me. It feels weird to you, yeah. Yes. And I, I tell people to do what's comfortable for them because I tell them they should be doing video, they should have a podcast, but if they're not comfortable with it at this point, let that come. I mean, start with the blog, start with putting written content out there. That's a lot of times, it's not, it doesn't feel quite as personal because it's not your face. Um, so start with that and then get to the point where you're comfortable putting your face out there, putting your voice out there. Now, you said something as we were talking um, uh, before your presentation uh, at our place earlier today. The, your, your issue with your bio, like you didn't want to say you're, you have a hard time kind of communicating yeah. about your own bio, right? <laughs> and isn't that kind of true? We all have a hard time communicating our own bio. So is it, is it then for those companies that absolutely should be saying something, that should be communicating with their, their audience – if they can't do it, they really should just engage somebody else because maybe they, maybe there is such an impediment that you know, I, I can't do this right now, even though it needs to get done. So they should contract with somebody like you to, to create the content for them. Yeah, I mean, I want them to contract with me. So. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, but they need to find the right person, the right person who's a fit for them and their brand and the types of content they put in. What does put that out. fit look like? Um, it needs to be someone who understands content marketing. So there are a lot of people who can write content, but they don't understand the strategy behind it. So what I find is helpful is if they, even if they don't wanna work with me long-term, if I work with them for a short-term to build the strategy, then they can give that to any writer. And then a writer can go out, I, I give them the topics, they can go out and write the content around those topics. Um, and then basically, I mean, basically any writer can do that, any content creator. So my question is for you, five years from now, do you wanna be writing content or doing big picture content strategy, hand it off, move to the next client. Yeah, that's sort of a little bit what I do right now. Not as much, but I do have a team of writers. So I work on the big picture and then I, I kind of manage some of the details. I manage like the big picture. What are the campaigns campaigns that are coming up? This is when I'm working with someone on the content creation. But then I hand off the bulk of the writing to my writers because I do like the big picture much better. <laughs> so what's, what's you know, five years from now, is the Mission Maven in seven cities or are you just trying to, you know, uh, master Milwaukee? What's your, five, what's your goal with this company? Yeah, so right now I do have, uh, most of my clients are actually not Milwaukee. I have one that's um, California and New Zealand. That they're based in two different places. Um, are you going to visit York. the New Zealand one soon? I visited them in California, and I told them I wanted to go to New Zealand. But well, next time you yet. go, if you yeah. want somebody to go with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be sure to tell you. <laughs> Tom, it's, it's like he is my 50. number one. <laughs> be his 50 yes, first I got to start getting present. these ticked you off before it. I yeah. die. Right? Times times wasting. <laughs> um, so five years from now, I. 
I would like to have my business be at the point where the content creation side doesn't need me quite as much. Um, I don't have to be as focused on the granular details. I have someone trained who can do that. Um, and I'm focusing on finding the right clients and helping them build their content strategy. So it seems like it's a lot of work staying, staying on top of the different technologies available to us to communicate. So not only do we have these messages that we need to say, we need to figure out what, what those messages are, but now we have all these opportunities to get the word out. How do you figure out which platform is best for your clients? So you need to look at their demographics. You need to look at you know where they hang out, where what they're reading, what they're listening to, that sort of thing. Um, and from there, you can kind of figure out what platforms they're on. So if you're just like a general rule, if you're going for a younger audience, you use things like Instagram, um, Snapchat. I haven't seen a lot of businesses use Snapchat, but you can use Snapchat. My um, daughters are on Tumblr. They're Tumblr, I know, Tumblr. yeah, Tumblr. That really? was a thing when I was a kid, and I think it's, or it's like, coming back? I was younger, it's back. Oh I know, yeah, I see people doing Tumblr, so maybe that's a thing, too. Um, most of the business I work with are B2B, um, some B2C, but we focus a lot on LinkedIn, and we put content on Twitter. We put some on Facebook, too, but... Um, and then think of out-of-the-box things, too. Like, there's uh, not a lot of people use Quora enough, but a lot of people mm. ask questions on Quora, mm -hmm. and if they're asking questions on, like, if I'm working with a... Uh, this client in chronic disease management, if people are asking questions about diabetes, well, we should be answering those questions. Like, how do you manage diabetes? Well, here's one way to do it. Um, so answering questions, not pitching yourself, you'll get kicked off of Quora and most other platforms really fast if you do that, or you'll turn people off, you know, they won't listen to you. But um, just being helpful, offering valuable information. And yeah, think outside the box. So Quora. Um, You're essentially trying to become an influencer. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the brands should become influencers. That's true. <laughs> I, I was looking at some stats the other day. Less, uh, 20, no, 35% of Facebook users are under 25. That's it. Yeah. So they're on different platforms. And so if you're you know, aiming toward a younger audience, you're not aiming at, at Facebook. Mm -mm. Do, you ever foresee, um, do you ever foresee the death of Facebook? You just wrote an article about that, didn't you? Or someone yeah, I did. Here didn't, I yeah, did actually, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't like Facebook. Most people I talk to, most businesses are like, I'm pretty much done with Facebook. So I tell them to put content there just so that there's at least something in their brand page. But unless you're building a Facebook group and you're building a community on Facebook, I think that's really the only thing Facebook is valuable for, like that community aspect. But there's this other really cool platform. I haven't done a lot with it yet, but it's called Mighty Networks where you can build your own community. Um, and it looks and feels like Facebook, not Facebook blue, but like kind of similar interface um, where you can build your own community. See, you're always ahead of me because you're nodding. You've heard mm -hmm. of this. I, I have not. Oh, it's, so you're It's super cool. It. One I of the people <laughs> who was an early employee at Facebook left Facebook because, you know, all the Facebook problems. Yeah. And um, she started this company because she thought the community aspect of Facebook mm -hmm. was really powerful. Yep. And she wanted to give people the ability to build their own communities off of Facebook. So it's it's a pretty cool platform. So this idea of community building, I know this might be shifting directions a little bit, but you seem you seem to know what you're talking about as the maven here. I like the word maven. Uh, so uh, in in the keeping with the idea of uh, being smart and making things seem simple, this idea of building communities. How do you connect that then with individual organizations and companies? Are they should they be building their own community of people, of potential leads or followers? What what how does this all translate? 
Yeah, so in health tech, there's this move towards, and this is specifically healthcare focused, so I'm not sure how it translates yep. to the rest of the world, but um, there's this move towards uh, connected health, social health, where instead of just leaving patients on their own to figure out how to manage their disease, you're connecting them with peers who are on a similar journey. Hmm. Um, so I've had clients build communities. I'm not a master community builder in any sense of the, or even community manager, but I've seen it's really powerful because it helps these people stick with their health goals, um, stick with their, um, like stick with their plan, you know, their plan to get healthier. So I think the community aspect is powerful on that side of things. Um, I think there are ways to do it for businesses as well. Like if you're in a consulting or a coaching business, you could start building a community around um, if you offer courses or coaching services, start building a community around that. I've seen a lot of coaches, entrepreneurs and that sense of things build communities around them. Um, so, yeah, I just I think anywhere you can give people a chance to connect and help each other, that's powerful. You know, I, there was a Lego movie joke in there when she said master builder. I just I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> Totally throw it out there. <laughs> I have never watched the Lego movie, no? but my son's name is Emmett, and everybody's like, oh, that's the Lego guy. And I didn't name him after the Lego movie, but oh. he's going to love that when he's older. The Lego movie is a good movie, <laughs> for, for sure. <laughs> well, this is fascinating talking to you. This idea of content generation is, it seems to be the new, uh, the new wave that's coming through. Because uh, I think you... You, you kind of alluded to it and mentioned it in a, in, in a previous uh, presentation, which is this idea that you could get locked into a kind of ad hell almost mm -hmm. where you're just paying, 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 paying. And once you stop paying for the ad, it's gone. Whereas if you start to build this content out there, you, you generate equity uh, in the marketplace um, that, you, that you paid for, but it's paying for itself you know, years into the future. Uh, and then if you combine that with communities, then of like-minded individuals to help them on their journey. It seems like that is a way to um, build brands. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. What are the risks out there for organizations that want to generate a lot of content and be the brand, the, the major brand? So the risk is that the content wouldn't resonate, <laughs> that you'd start, you'd do all this work and you start putting it out there and nobody actually cares. And that means you have to go back to the drawing board. It means you didn't listen to your customer enough. You didn't understand them and their problems well enough. So going back and figuring that out. But I, I really think when you take the time to slow down and like take time to be really thoughtful about the whole messaging and who are we um, and how do we present ourselves to our customers, I think that once you take the time to slow down, you're going to get on the right track. You may have to make course changes as you go, but you're going to be on the right track. I saw this with a client. We took it seemed like we took forever to figure out their message, but once we started putting it out there, it was like a week after we started putting it out there, everybody else started talking about their message too. And it wasn't necessarily because they heard us, although I know many of them did, but it was because that's what the market needed to hear at the time. And it was like, we came out just ahead of everybody else. So it was cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, last question I have for you in regard to content marketing. How do you measure the effectiveness of content marketing? So there are a lot of tools to do this. Uh, I like HubSpot um, hmm. because they make it easy and they track everything, all your social media posts, that sort of thing. You can use Google Analytics and it gets really confusing and intense and I <laughs> it's like a little bit of overload for me. Um, Hootsuite, if you use Hootsuite for social media, they will measure stuff for you. You can use UTM codes on Hootsuite and that sort of thing. Um, 
But, I mean, there's lots of different ways to measure. I think you need to look at brand awareness. And I know people are like, well, that's is that really a thing? But if you don't have an audience, if nobody knows about you, you have no place to put your message. So you do need to look at brand awareness. And you can measure brand awareness by people who are engaging with your posts, like sharing, commenting, that sort of thing. Um, you want to measure people who are actually coming to your website from your post to see if people are actually, oh, this is interesting enough. I want to click through and see what this is about. And then at some point, and this is where I think HubSpot makes it super easy. um, At some point, you want to measure this person who engaged with my content. Eventually, they turned into a sale. So a tool like, I'm not paid by Hootsuite or HubSpot to say this, but I just just know they make it easy. Um, So a tool like HubSpot tracks that whole journey for you and makes it super simple. Awesome. Well, Whitney, uh, you began this saying the mission maven, the idea of the, the idea of the word maven is that it's somebody who's smart, uh, but can also make these concepts simple. I'm a believer. Alex? This was an excellent, I, I, I learned a lot. And, and actually, um, I had two, we had two different people today that heard your um, presentation that said they specifically learned things that they're going to use in future presentations. So awesome. I think that's the, you know, that's the measure of success right there. Yeah, that's good to hear. So Whitney, how do people get in contact with you? I am on LinkedIn a lot. So you can search for Whitney Cole on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter a little bit less. I just, I don't know. Do you guys like Twitter? I'm not. I don't use Twitter's Twitter. fading. It's too Twi- much. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of businesses are still on Twitter, but I just, it's too hard to keep up with. It's too much. Um, and I also have a podcast called Mission Marketing. It's focused on health tech marketing. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the What Works podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. The What Works Podcast is a production of Thinker Ventures. Learn more at thinkerventures.com.